Rock and roll and we ain't slept in weeks. Okay. Welcome to the Power 2 podcast. Plus one. Plus one. Uh, so today we are going to talk about our home birth. Uh, we welcomed our second child into the world and we did it. Well, I did it via home birth. I did most of the work. Yeah, okay. And I had um, my lovely husband supporting me. And uh, he did do a lot of work, but um, I did the most work, contrary to what he will tell you. So uh, we just wanted to talk a little bit about that today uh, because it's not like a very common thing. And whenever we did post about, you know, letting people, when I posted about letting people know that we were going to have a home birth, uh, a lot of people were very intrigued. Some people uh, were like, no, that's not for me. That's scary. I would never do that. And some people were just definitely intrigued and wanted to know more about it and didn't even know that that it was a thing. So let's get into some questions and clarify. So this is a really common question that I got is start by sharing your motivation for choosing a home birth and what led you to make that decision for your second child. Uh, So... For our first, we had him in a hospital. I was induced. I was 41 weeks, debatably. I think that the scans were a little bit off, and I think that it's possible that I was around 40 weeks, but neither here nor there. Uh, I ended up being induced, and it was a really long process being in the hospital, Uh, and it was during COVID, so they... All of the nurses I had were really great and everything, with the exception of one who got really mad that I refused a COVID test, which is your right to do, by the way. Um, And I didn't refuse a test. I said, you're just not sticking anything in my nose. Because at the time, they were like jamming it in your nose. And I was like, no, I'm not sick. It's the middle of July. I'm not sick. I'm fine. Like, you're not jamming anything in my nose. Because uh, I didn't want to have to deal with like false negatives and anything or false positives um, and anything like that. So this one nurse gave us a hard time when I was getting my epidural. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, you have to wear a mask when the anesthesiologist comes in. And he's standing next to me with no mask and no COVID test. Perfectly fine, though. That was totally okay. And she had to say yeah. nothing to him. But she had to wear but a mask. But I had to wear a mask. So that was like kind of stupid. Um, All in all, uh, my delivery went well. Um, I ended up, they basically kept, they thought I was going to end up in a C-section. I ended up not ending up in a C-section. I ended up having a vaginal Barely made it. Yeah. He was like, are you sure you don't want to just go and get it? Because at like 8 o'clock that morning, I had my son at 5 p.m. on the 23rd of July um, at 8 a.m., they were like, hey, you can go into surgery now or you can labor all day and still end up there. And I was like, I'm going to take a nap because I have an epidural, so I can do that. And they were all really like understanding, knowing that I wanted to have a vaginal birth. I honestly wanted to have a very natural birth, and that did not go as planned. I did not want an epidural, uh, but we were there for so long, and I was contracting for so long, I was just too tired. So anyway... I ended up having my vaginal delivery, and all in all, everything went well. But after every five minutes, they're like knocking on the door, saying, "Hey, we gotta take your blood pressure. I gotta feel your fundus. I gotta 
Do you need some ibuprofen? Do you need some water? Have you fed your baby? When's the last time you fed your baby? You wanna come see mommy? So, yeah, so every five minutes, they're knocking on the door and telling me to get rest. And I'm like, I can't rest because you guys literally keep knocking on the door and coming in. Every 15 minutes, I swear. Every few minutes. And then, yeah, get some rest. All right. And then they oh. push formula, which I get why, because I had a breast reduction. So, like, they were just like, well, you could feed your, you could give them formula or, you know, like, just like. It was a lot of pressure for a first-time mom who was just already not sure of herself. Um, so it was just not an ideal experience. And then we were in the hospital for like, what? Two, three days. Four days after? Something like Three that. days after? Two, three, three days, something. And then because they pushed the formula onto us. Yeah, because we, we were in the hospital for my birthday? or No, we, we just, went back I, to the hospital on your birthday, yeah. on the 27th. Yeah, and they pushed the formula on us, and it constipated our son, and so he wasn't pooping, so he got really bad jaundice. So we had to go back and do the Billy Light, and I trusted my gut and chose use the formula that I chose for him because they wouldn't let you use your own formula. You had to use the hospital formula, which is not true. They, you can use your own formula, but they recommended theirs. So, anyway, I digress. Um, when I got home and I switched him to the formula that I had chose for him, he pooped no problem. Um, but, yeah. So, that was just not an ideal experience. So, I had heard the amazing things about home birth. And I wanted to do a home birth with the first, but we had our insurance, uh, which we were paying a ton of money for. So, it was just, it just made more financial sense to have him at the hospital. So yeah, I wanted to have a natural birth and the easiest way to do that is to not be in a place where you can reach for an epidural um, or have people pushing that onto you, which that didn't happen to me. Uh, but I've heard stories of other people having nurses say, well, you know, you don't get a medal for going through it or whatever. And no, maybe that's, that's not, maybe that's true, but at the same time, I think our experience this time was a lot better, even though it was a lot harder. What do you think? I don't think it was harder. At home was so much easier for me. Why? We're at home. You know, your well, own space. That's true, but yes. But like, I think the hospital makes it scarier too. It's like when we had Ivor, I had... Um, they put me on Pitocin, and that is known to... Well, it's interesting. Personally, it's like you, there's two... It's scarier, but at the same time, you feel safer at the same... And then vice versa, because at the same time, it's like, okay, this is easier to me. We're at home. It's more comfortable. Ivor's in the next room. We have family here. We had support here. Everything's yeah. right here. But there's still that feeling like, there's not a doctor here. Right. You know, you know what I mean? You're not at the hospital. So it's, but then at the, at the hospital, it's okay, you're at the hospital. There's a doctor here, but you're at the hospital. Right. You're like not pushing, at home. Well, the thing is, like, they push these interventions on you, and depending on where you deliver. So, like, you know, I tried to do an induction without Pitocin, 
and that didn't work out. So then they're like, okay, well, we're going to give you Pitocin. Well, then they give you Pitocin and then you get the contractions are constant. So you don't get a chance to rest. So then you get an epidural and it's like these interventions. And then you get an epidural and it increases your likelihood of getting a C-section. And then, you know, that increases a whole other list of complications and Pitocin and Cytotec are not the only like, there are other complications that can come from that stuff. So it's like, like he said, it's like, like you're at the hospital. So it's like, you know, yeah. there's just not, com- just not the most comfortable. You're not home. You don't, you know, like, and I feel like the undertone too is like a little bit of like more fear based. Um, like they were not trusting of me waiting it out, I guess. And I was, I was had full trust in my body. I was like, no, we're doing this. And that's why, like, I had going into the home birth is that, like, I have trust in my body and we're going to do this. So that's our motivation behind doing a home birth. And also, like, we don't have a lot of family here. So having someone to just be here for our son and you don't know how long you're going to be at the hospital, you know, like, that's kind of also part of it, too. Well, and in, in, this is so interesting. Whenever I flip the script and get people thinking about it this way, it always kind of blows their mind. When you look at it, when you zoom out and look at how births have been throughout history, if you think about how long hospitals have been around versus how long humans have been around and how how many births have been done at homes versus the hospital. And yeah. when, you, when, you, yeah. when you put it into perspective of the, the history of of humans right you know so it's like is it that thing now obviously there's the argument where it's like yeah well exactly that is why there is the health industry and pharmaceuticals and hospitals yes they are there in certain certain circumstances where it does help and and that is why it's there yeah of course but the point is like that's what always made me feel comfortable when i was whenever i felt like i was getting nervous or or I just thought about it in like the p- bigger picture. So I was, we wouldn't be here right now if women struggled to give birth at home. Exactly. Or in the wild, like yeah, in tribes, right. you know, like out in the wilderness. Because like that's really how society was able to progress to this point where we are giving birth in hospitals. Exactly. Is because some woman, some or some women somewhere birthed out in the middle of the woods or the in woods. a teepee, you know what I'm saying? So... Exactly. So when you think about it like that, and that went on for thousands of years before hospitals. Right. Exactly. It's women's bodies are designed to give birth. And so I think I, I saw this thing. It was like birth is not a medical event or something like that. Birth is not a vet. It's, it's something that rarely needs intervention, not a medical event that, you know, something like that. And yeah, it's I like, but it's saying. like, it really is like if, if, you're a healthy individual and you have a good team that you know you can trust uh, and i think that was part of it too i think we really trusted our team well and you between the checkups and the things if there was risks they would inform you and you would know by the checkups and well and we had we had things that we went through and you know we had to you know, work through them with my midwife and, you know, there were concerns and, you know, we had to talk about it and 
we ended up, you know, having a good experience. But still, it's like your midwife is trained to know the signs. And if you have proper proper prenatal care, then it's going to likely have a good outcome. Another part of the motivation, though, too, is the prenatal care was a lot better. Uh, so with seeing an OBGYN the first time, these quick 15 minute visits and they're just, they check the heart rate and they're like, how do you feel? And I'm like tired. And they're like, okay, good. See you later. Bye. <laughs> that was it. They didn't, there was no like going into like, oh, what's your nutrition like? Or, you know, that's just because something is common doesn't mean that it's normal. And my midwife never like just dismissed that. Like, so like I would sit down with her for 30 minutes to an hour every time I saw her and just talk to her about things that were going on and like any weird symptoms I was having. And she would, you know, there are some things that are normal and common and there are some things that are just common, but doesn't necessarily mean that they're normal. So that was something that I found the prenatal care was a lot different and a lot better. And I felt really supported in that. So let's go on to the next question. Let's see. Okay. So how did you prepare for home birth, for the home birth experience? Were there any specific techniques, classes, or resources that helped you feel ready? So I did do some meditation through the Gentle Birth app, which is like a hypnobirthing app. And those are things that I did mentally. I read books. Um, I read NMA's Guide to Childbirth. He read The Birth Partner. And we talked about it a lot about, you know, how it was going to be like going through, I'm having contractions, is this what I'm going to need from you and things like that. Uh, so that's really how we prepared. And then obviously going through my birth plan with my, my midwife and talking about, hey, if we have a complication, we're going to this hospital. Um, if you want to transfer because it's non-emergent, we're going to this hospital those sort of things that we did to prepare. Really reading and getting my mindset right was important and getting his mindset also right because having a home birth, you need to have your partner on the same page and also not in a fearful state because if you're either one of you is in a fearful state, it's going to affect the other, like especially like your partner. So you needed I needed you to be really on board, which you were and then very grateful for so is there anything that you did other than read to prepare for the home birth i'm always ready <laughs> yeah. just always ready always ready always okay. ready okay i was just curious if there's anything I, I missed so my labor was 22 hours what were some of the most significant milestones or moments that stood out to you and can you describe them in detail well i I feel like you probably remember more than me. What was the question? Uh, what were some of the most significant milestones or moments that stood out to you? And can you describe them in detail during the labor? Yeah. Well, for me, when my labor started, I normally wake up at like 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning to go pee. And I woke up and I was like, I don't have to pee. I'm having contractions. And I was like, this is different. This is weird. And then I was like, okay, these are like consistent. It was like, I can't just go back to sleep. 
So then I was like, okay, maybe maybe later labor is starting. So I got in the bath, and then it was five to seven minutes, and I was in there until like four o'clock in the morning. And then I came out, and I was like, it's happening. <laughs> and you like jumped out of bed. You were ready. Like, I told you, you I'm ready. <laughs> I told you. You were so ready. You were like, yeah. Like, what do I do? Like, Just lay down. It's not happening now. Like, I'm not like crowning. <laughs> like, he thought I was like ready. I was like, no, like, it's happening. It's starting. So we went back to bed, and then I was ready to deliver the baby. <laughs> 4 a.m. Right out of sleep. You jumped right up, stood right up. I was like, okay. Um, but you know, it, it's funny because that's what I did. But in my head, it was exactly what I said. In my head was. Man, I couldn't wait two, three more hours. So it's four in the morning right now. Well, then we went back to sleep. We woke up at like seven and they were still consistent. And then by nine, they were pretty, they were picking up. It was pretty intense. And then everyone came over. I had my friend come over to watch Ivor. And then my doula and my midwife came over and they're checking things. And I think it was around noon. Everybody went home and we all took a nap. And then three o'clock, we're up. And that's when things were starting to get pretty hard for me. And then my friend had gone home. So no one was watching Ivor. So we were watching the B movie. No, Barney. It was Barney. During during when Ivor when you were going through contractions, we watched the B movie once at least. Yeah, that was earlier. No, when you were going through contractions and it was just me and you here, it was it was Barney. I remember specifically. we did watch Barney at one point, uh, but we watched the B movie. I promise. Because uh, I just remember Barney's song was going on <laughs> while you were giving contractions, and I was like, "Mommy, okay." And then I was started. These started getting pretty painful, so I started to uh, do like the low, loud groans. And I was yelling with me, and I'm like, okay. I called my aunt, and, well, I made him call my aunt. I'm like, you need to come (laughs) now. (laughs) She lives in Orlando, so um, then she got there around 7, and then that's when things started to pick up. And then everything was kind of a blur from that point for me. I remember a lot of things, but I don't remember the order of which everything happened like I remember so like around seven Tiffany got here my midwife got here and then well Tiffany originally thought you it was maybe gonna go through the night into the morning and then I remember specifically one point and I don't remember exactly what signaled it to her but i just remember her specifically going all right i'm going to get my scrubs and my gloves on because we're having a baby and that's when i was like boom that was around eight i was in the tub and i lost my plug no she said it before that though no i maybe that's what she she, because you were in there with me and then you left and then she was in there with me and she checked the baby and yeah maybe and you were like no yeah because you were like there's something hanging out of you. Yeah, like, what? And then Tiffany that? came in and pulled that. And I was like, I felt that. That felt weird. And it was the plug. My yeah. biggest plug. Yeah. And um, 
And then, yeah, and then she said, yeah, we're having a baby. Oh, oh, because from seven, in between seven and eight, I was in the shower. And then Tiffany's like, he's not moving down. He's still in the same spot. You need to go do the pelvic tucks. Mm -hmm. So I had to go lift my pregnant belly while I was having a contraction and then tuck my pelvis in while I was having a contraction. 10 out of 10, don't recommend that. That sucks. But it worked um, because he was having trouble moving down. So then it felt like forever that I was having really strong contractions. Um, and that's where everything really becomes a blur to me. I remember them filling up the tub. And I think maybe I went, after I went from our bathtub to the birth pool, and then I was in there. And then that's like the picture you guys see of Jamie with the cloth over my eyes. And then at that, I started pushing. Yeah, but no, but then, then I think you... I can't recall if you laid down in bed for a little bit or if you went to the... Had you do, like, some over the toilet in the water, when you're water? That was, like, right before he came. Yeah. Like, that was, like, the second... I know that was, like, the last... I can't remember if you laid down, then went to the toilet, or if it was the opposite toilet, laid down, then shower. It was either... Yeah, it was something like that. Because I laid down, and she was like, I want to check you for a lip. I, it was definitely after your water burst then. You were over the toilet, and that's when your water popped. Then you, we were on the bed. And that's when... Yeah, that's right. And then I was having... She's like, I have so... And that's when we recommended to see the if I had an anterior or a lip, basically. And basically what that is, is just like part of my cervix was like tight, and he couldn't push his head down through. So like if there's not, if his head's kind of tilted one way and they're not putting even pressure on the cervix, then it makes it hard for them to descend. So she's like, I'm going to, she's like, there is a lip, but I have to have a, con when you're having a contraction, I need to push it over his head. That yeah. was terrible. That was terrible, but it worked. <laughs> yep. But it worked. And I, I trusted. Then that's when we went in the shower. Well, okay, wait. So I want to tell them about the toilet because the toilet was so The toilet funny. was before that, but yeah, that was... But the, so they had me on the toilet back with my, like, facing the, what do you call it? The, the, the back side of the toilet. Yeah. So, like, I had a pillow on the back side of the toilet and I was, like, laying there and contracting. And when I was bearing down because it felt good to do that. It's the only way that anything even felt remotely okay is when I bared was pushing basically and i'm sitting on the toilet and <laughs> the i thought splash. i shot the baby out in the toilet i was we were both like <laughs> yeah what was that <laughs> literally like what was that um water popped yeah it popped um and my doula was like uh i think your water just broke and i was like oh okay <laughs> um yeah that, so it turned out that my water just broke and Everyone says that that feels like it hurts more after your water breaks. I don't, I disagree. And it was not the case for me. Uh, it was a lot better actually after. Um, but yeah, so then we went, then we went and laid down and I was like, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this anymore. I'm, 
I'm done. I can't. I, I don't know what to do. What did I? I don't know. I was No, you just said you were done. You're tired. You don't know if you could do it. That was it. And that's when we were like, yo, you're done, basically. Like, and I'm like, but why isn't he here? <laughs> you literally were already, you've already gone like a bit. You're literally there on the tail end at that point. Right, exactly. I was only like. And then that's when we went in the shower and you were just laying over hot water. I was on all fours and the water was on my back. And then I was like, I could feel him moving down because I was pushing. I was pushing. I wanted to like use the fetal ejection reflex, but I was like, no, um, we need to, I need to push him out because he just, he needed some help. So I started to feel him coming down into um, like my vaginal canal. I could feel him and I'm like, Jamie, I need counter pressure. And I'm like yelling, I'm like, can you push in my perineum? And he's like, your what? And I was like, my butthole. And he's like, you want me to push on your butthole? I was like, just below it. <laughs> and that's when I was and like, that's when I was like, all right, I'm going to get. But then, <laughs> no, because you stayed and you you tried and then you were like, and then I was like, he's coming, he's coming, he's yeah, coming. Yeah, and then, yeah, that's, then a, that's when I, everybody like, rushed in. Like, oh, they're coming. It was, and that was the funny part is because like the way the shower is, we're at like, how many people we have in there? One, two, three, four. It was like four or five of us in the shower, and that's when she's like, she's like, yeah, right, Ben. She's like, bend down and grab the baby. I'm like, grab well, so, yeah, the baby. So I, I, my midwife comes in, and I am crowning, and I'm in this moment, and his head is there, and I'm like thinking, I could push him out without a contraction. That's not the case. You cannot do that. <laughs> if you can, kudos to you. I could not. Um, so then I had my next contraction and my midwife caught him, um, and he pooped everywhere. There's meconium everywhere. Me and my midwife were covered in poop. Um, so that was fun. And then, yeah, so I was on all fours and I was like, kind of like coming back into my body because I, when people say like you leave your body, it's, it's true. Like, cause like I was like, and you know, that in, in the movies, how that like, when there's like a really loud bang and like it goes, it's like a really loud, like high pitched sound and everything else is quiet. That's how it felt. It was like silent, but also that's all I, like I couldn't hear anything. And then I remember hearing Alyssa, my doula saying, grab your baby. It's like, oh yeah, I just had a baby. So that was intense. So that's like really like the, the whole spiel, but Let's go more into it. Let's see what we got here. Yeah, I feel like the whole thing is kind of unexpected. You know, just the whole experience. That was the last question. Were, were there any unexpected challenges? It was all an unexpected challenge, to be real. Were there any unexpected challenges or surprises that emerged during labor? And how did you and your partner navigate them? That was, the whole thing was unexpected. What, giving birth? Yeah, the whole experience. Because, like, I didn't know what positions I would want to be in. I didn't, like, I just feel like it was all sort of unknown. So it was just kind of like, we were just kind of winging it in a way. Like, yeah, like, you're following your natural processes of birth, but it's like, you don't know how you're going to feel. You don't know what positions you're going to like. You don't know. 
what you're going to dislike <laughs> until you're in it. So I feel like you were pretty uh, attentive to my needs, though, and navigating it with me and trying to help me. Because mm -hmm. we have my doula, too. So it wasn't like we were in this alone. So uh, what role did your partner play during the home birth and how did they support you through the entire process? Counter pressure, counter pressure king over here. Um, the whole time. <laughs> every contraction. Well, besides when you're in the bathtub. Yeah. That was hard. Um, but I was I, still there. My hips were, I remember, I was like, man, why are my hips hurting so bad? <laughs> it's because the way I was straddling that chair around the bathtub, my hips. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they, I was like so sore for days after, and I'm like, man, why does it hurt? Why are your hips are killing me? Yeah, we were both toast after. Um, oh, and my shoulders from... Yeah, so yeah, counter pressure is like, so I was on all fours and he was doing exactly the motion that he just showed. It was like pushing on my back and like, I don't know what, why, but his was like, he had the magic touch because my midwife and my doula tried to do it for me and I just was like, no, Jamie, <laughs> he had the magic touch. It's like almost like you'd been there before. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it was. That was really his main role. And then, of course, like... My hands have been there many times. Yeah. <laughs> That's how we got in this position, <laughs> in this predicament. <laughs> um, and he just also kept reminding me of my affirmations, like, each contraction is bringing you closer to your baby. Um, what else did you say to me in the labor that I remember you telling me? Uh, can't think of it now. See, that's why I, ha I have I have trouble remembering. The little details. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I remember we talked a lot, you know what I mean, throughout the day. Yeah, you were telling me, I was, you kept telling me you're so strong. You can do this. You're doing amazing. Um, just helping you, yeah, whatever you needed. With all the words yeah. of affirmation. He was giving me lots of love. Um, lots of touch. Like, I just wanted, I, I just wanted him, really, like. And I'm, I'm glad that we had my, my doula for support and everything. And your but, aunt. That was oh, of course, changer. my aunt. Oh, my that God. Was, that was the one thing that was the – if we – to pivot back on what was the unexpected challenge, it was – we didn't realize how challenging it would be to have Ivor around while you're, you know. Yeah, I definitely <clears throat> should have had my aunt come in the, in the morning. Um, it was my friend that was watching him in the morning. She was – 36 weeks pregnant. Yeah, I really so, appreciate her. That um, was, that was shout huge. out, Mallory. Love you. <laughs> She's amazing. Uh, and I totally appreciate her for that. But also, my son is hes two years old. He's a handful at this point in time, you know? And also, with all these changes and like he was weird great, people though. in his house, you know? So he was great, though. Right. So we're going to go on to that. So let's see. Did you encounter any specific fears or anxieties leading up to or during the birth, and how did you manage or overcome them? No. I was not. And everybody asked me that. They're like, are you nervous? Are you scared? Are you... No, I didn't. Did you? I'd say there was only... Uh, I mean, and it's probably just because it's a different perspective because I'm... I'm the husband and I'm not the one going through it, but there's always the small fear 
let's say, and the, but that's the thing though, it's not because it was a home birth, because I had the same fear at the hospital, right? You just want, you just want your wife and your baby to be healthy, you know, Safe, yeah. you, you know what I'm saying? That's the biggest worry until, until the baby's here and you're both sitting in there healthy, that fear doesn't go away. So that was, that was the only thing. And then there was just one point where you know, it was probably towards like seven, it was probably late in the, it was when you were in the bathtub, the bat, not the, the bat, not the big one, the, our bathtub. It was just like, you just want things to start moving along because of that same reasoning, right? Yeah. Like we were already, call it four, 12, 15 hours into it. And like when things aren't really like, like that between being just tired you're just like yo we need this to you want it to hurry up because you just are worried too you know what i mean like we want yeah. everyone to be healthy like, i just want this to come on i felt the same way it's like you know like let's go yeah um, but throughout the whole thing he didn't have one deceleration he was perfect he was a champ yeah like literal champion had no issues the whole time he, he didn't even cry that much when he first came out he handled the contractions it was nothing my what? midwife said um you normally see like a little deceleration she said he didn't so yep. he did great so yeah but he he didn't really cry when he came out he was just no kinda... yeah he didn't that's that's why I, when he first came out that was like I, I've like always heard the saying like, you, you, they're supposed to cry or you want them to cry. And when he first came out, I'm like, yo, this baby's just not really crying. Was he all right? <laughs> well, at the hospital, you got these giant bright lights shining down there. The first thing they see is the brightest light they've ever seen in their life. They'll probably ever see in their life. And then like at home, we've got like the lights. We've got these little cute little twinkle lights in the room and it's like kind of dim and He's like gone his, with his mummy. It's just like in, in the hospital. They're like they're stimulating. They're like going like this to your baby, and they're pinching him, and they're doing <laughs> all this me. stuff. Like it's crazy. There's like a purpose. They're trying to get the fluid out of their lungs. Um, so like it's it's good if they cry, but you know they don't have to to get it out. Were there any member memorable rituals, affirmations, or relaxation techniques that you found particularly helpful during labor? How did they contribute to your overall experience? Um, like we were doing the counter pressure. That was that was the main thing. Well, we we used we used affirmations throughout the whole pregnancy. You know, like yeah, I did the gentle birth affirmations. But it goes back to the that's not even and it goes back to like our point of our whole podcast. Not even just your pregnancy there. Like affirmations are critical in life in general. Affirming what you want to happen, manifesting, manifestation, affirmation. Mm -hmm. So throughout your whole pregnancy, it's like we always were like everything's gonna be perfect. Everything's we're gonna. gonna have, we I'm, never. That's the thing is we never had doubt. It was. I'm gonna have a peaceful, safe home birth. I wrote that in my journal, and that's exactly all we ever talked about. Is I had a peaceful, safe home birth, and that's part of the preparation i would say is that we yeah. did is the, the affirmations and i trust my baby and i trust my body and that's also what i was saying as i was in labor is i was i trust my baby and i trust my wife oh this got me through it i can do anything for one minute yeah i was gonna say yeah i can do anything for one i can minute. do anything for one minute and it really was like because like and that's the thing is like while it was intense for most of it, it was, I've had time in between contractions. So I got to rest 
And in that time, like I was cracking jokes and I was in pretty good spirits. It's like when you get to transition, which is when baby is making his way down, it's like that's when it starts to, it gets really intense at that point because you don't get that much of a break. And then it's just like they're right on top of each other. And you're like, okay, when is it going to end? Like, is it ever going to end? Because <laughs> it feels like it's been forever at this point. So, so yeah, so that was my main one is I can do anything for one minute and I trust my baby and I trust my body. Those were the things that I kept telling myself and that he also reminded me. Uh, so let's see. How did your first child react to the home birth? Were they involved in the process or able to witness the arrival of their sibling? So he wasn't able to witness the arrival, but he uh, came, came in, in right, right after. after. Yeah, I got him right away. Yeah, and uh, it was like 1230 in the morning, so way past his bedtime. Um, he didn't sleep till like 2 a.m. But, you know, he had a ton, ton of weird people in his house that he, yeah. you know, didn't know. And well, he knew Tiffany and Alyssa, but like you know, just my well, aunt. Well, to clarify, of, when you say weird, weird to him, right? That's what I mean. Is like yeah. weird to him. Like he people. He's he just like yo, what the heck? There was also the birth assistant. Um, my midwife's birth assistant was there, um, who I didn't even know. So, <laughs> um, and then he didn't really know my aunt that well. He's known my aunt. He's met her when he was a baby and seen her a ton when he was a baby, but like doesn't know her a ton. So, well, regardless, it's not part of his routine, his schedule. Exactly. No. So, uh, yeah, so he was, he was, there's a picture of him seeing him for the first time and he's smiling. No, ear yeah, to ear. he was he happy. Was so it, happy. It was surprising. He got, I, the funniest thing, that was the big part that I remembered is, is when he came in, I was holding the baby. And then when I, when I gave you back the baby, so when I gave Soren back to you, I remember him getting so mad, and he stormed out. He shut, shut the door, and he said something like, "No, my baby," to to your aunt Catherine. Like <laughs> immediately, that was like the first experience. He, he wanted the baby so bad. That was so funny. That was cute. That was funny. <clears throat> you came and told me that, and in the meantime, my midwife was trying to get my placenta out um, because it was not coming out. Um, and she only has an hour after I deliver to get my placenta out by law. Otherwise, there are other measures she had to take. So she would have either had to give me Pitocin or she would have had to manually remove it. Meaning reach up in there. Right. Like they did last time. Uh, which, no, last time I delivered my placenta, but there was a piece missing. So they had to go up in there and get a piece out, which... Still didn't feel good, even though I had an epidural. So don't recommend that either. Um, so overall, um, did you encounter any postpartum challenges after the home birth? How did you navigate through any physical or emotional adjustments in the days following the arrival of your second child? Um, not really any postpartum challenges. Postpartum is honestly the best part because, like, you are done and you're in your own bed and I was like having people feed me eggs and yeah you out. were ch you you were chilling you had uh, to my doula was feeding me apples and peanut butter and uh it was great I, I was so relieved it was like it's like you ran a marathon and you know people are just giving you taking care of you after it's like it's the best thing 
Well, and then we had such a crazy month, like, like between right as soon as I, uh, Soren was born, between us then having him here, and then we had family come from New Hampshire, your sister, and then we had then we got sick, and then between my family then come in, then the holidays, it was like that month was a blur. Yeah, it was. You it know, was crazy. So it was. Not, it was. Well, so, like, I remember right after, it was, like, the first few days, and Soren was, like, cluster feeding, and I could not, like, see Ivor at all, basically, because I just had to be with a baby all the time, and I, like, had a mental breakdown. I was, like... I just miss my baby. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. he was like, what do you mean? And I was like, I miss Ivor. <laughs> and I just cried. I was thinking about it. It makes me want to cry. Um, and I was like, I just want to hold my baby. And so I went up and I laid with him in bed. And I snuggled him, put him to sleep, and cried a little bit. And then I felt better. It was just like, that was a hard transition, like going from. That's something that that's something that's a good point to bring up. But no, that's a good point to bring up. Like that was a hard. Tr- that's still a hard transition, I think. Like, um, going from one to two, you know, like in general, like. Uh, yeah, that's had its own challenges. Yeah, yeah, it's not the same. Like, att- uh, you're not able to provide the same amount of like attention and love as you. Um, we were like you, specifically you, while you're breastfeeding. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a challenge for sure. Um, and then he has a tongue and lip tie. But it wasn't as bad as Ivor's was. Uh, so my first son had a pretty bad um, tongue tie that was undiagnosed because pediatricians cannot diagnose ties, just saying. Um, and ours did for us, um, which sucked. But <laughs> because we went so long without it it actually affects your supply and um i had a lot of ton of pain uh with my first son and with him it wasn't so bad i did have some pain which is totally normal um it wasn't severe it wasn't you know taking me out or anything but it was a challenge for sure and we're still working through it i just went to another doctor's appointment today for him because of the tongue and lip tie but it's getting better, and he's exclusively breastfed, and Ivor was not because I couldn't. I didn't have enough supply, whether it was because of the tongue tie or because I had a breast reduction. Who knows? But this time around, things are a lot better, and I'm even more supportive than I was last time. So that's really good, too. Um, but, yeah, the transition from one to two or from a family of three to a family of four has been a challenge um, thankfully you were off work so i don't know how i would have done it if you had not taken time off no yeah <laughs> that no. would have been terrible um but he, he came at like the best time too he was born on what a monday it was after the thanksgiving break so we had the entire thanksgiving break together and then he was born on that monday where you're supposed to go back to work <laughs> And then you were off. <laughs> well, I I actually worked for, 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 for a few last days of the month because it was the last days of the month while your aunt was here. I worked. It was like half. Yeah, that's right. My, my aunt stayed with us as well. 
um, to help us with that transition. And thankfully, because that was huge help too. She was amazing. Oh my gosh, so 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 blessed. Well, and that was perfect timing because like end of the month, there was things I was still finishing up with work, and then yeah, it's a crazy time for you with work. So it was perfect timing that because. We had then your aunt here, so I got to tie up some loose ends. Right. And then, then boom, it was perfect timing going into the holidays. And, yep. And Ivor just, he got, he, that's, um, Ivor's been absolutely great transitioning. He loves this baby. Oh, God. And that's something to talk about is like, so, like, uh, it's so easy to just having, like, uh, like reading Ivor books on being a big brother. And that was the, you know, that was great advice I got from a colleague, Kara, where she said, you know, before the second baby came, she started reading the first one books on being mm-hmm. a big brother. Like, and it's like, even now, just starting these two new books, um, I already see him doing things from the books. Yeah, he goes, I change a diaper. <laughs> change the diaper. He loves, he loves, he doesn't, he won't change his diaper. He won't. But he's already he's- wanted to. He thinks about it, and I'll ask him, "You want to change the cyber?" No, no. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but it's just—it's funny. He—he he is. I do see some things like where he's—he's he's definitely different, and like, but that's also part of like he's getting older too, so he's definitely just like more challenging in that aspect of like because he's a toddler and he's you know testing the boundaries and learning. Um, but I think part of it is also like a big change and he hasn't, he's out of school. So that's part of his routine. We're not going to like do his like things that he can do with his body that help him get out his aggression and frustration and things like that, that boys need to do. So I think that once we get more into the swing of that, he's going to be even better. Yeah. But he's been, he's been great. Loves no, yeah. his baby brother. He does love his baby brother. He wants to kiss him, play with him, kiss hug him. Lip. <laughs> kiss his lip. That's what he says. I kiss his lip. <laughs> I was in the car the other day. I'm just like, do you miss mama? No, I miss baby brother. I'm like. <laughs> he does this now whenever, whatever Soren cries, he goes, it's okay, baby. It's okay. <laughs> I didn't hear that one. Yeah, he says that. It's okay, Soren. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're so funny. Yeah. He's so sweet. He's. Uh, he, he loves just him. wants to kiss him. Whenever I put him down, he's like, I kiss him. I hold him. And when he first, when he was first born, he go, "Come in." Oh Come in. man, that was so funny. <laughs> Come here. Come here. Soren would just because he doesn't like. It must be because what we did to him. Come on. Like, or, Come here. Yeah, yeah. Come here. But Soren would just be laying there because he's a baby. He still he can't move. I think I think Ivor understands he can't move now, so he hasn't done it. But. When he was first born, I, you know, Soren, just a baby, just lays there. And Ivor would go, come here. Come here. Come here, Soren. Come here. It was so funny. So that was, that's, yeah. yeah. It's way different having having four, having two is way different. Going from man, man coverage to zone coverage. <laughs> no, sorry, vice versa. We went from zone coverage to man coverage in way b- b- different ball game. Yeah. It's, it's different ball game. It's different. Um, it's not as hard as I thought it would be. I thought it would be like way harder, and I was like definitely doubting myself in the beginning. 
Um, but then like, so he had, a, we had like a week in between like families being here and then him going back to work. And I was like kind of nervous, but we handled it. Um, or I handled it, I should say. And I handled it pretty well. And I was like, oh, okay, I can do this. And then I had more family come. Well, he had his family come and we had Christmas. And so we had help here. Extra hands. You just need extra hands. So if that, that's my advice to anybody. If you're planning a home birth or even just having a child in general, have extra hands. They don't need to do, you know, anything except let you be with the baby. That's really it. So, like, if they need to take other other kids and take them to the park, because that's, that's where you've been living yeah, in the park. Hanging out with Ivor. Yeah. yeah. Taking them to the park and doing those things. So, um, let's see what the last one is. Looking back, what were the most significant takeaways or lessons you gained from this home birth experience? Would you choose a home birth again in the future? Major takeaway for me, I am so badass. Women are so badass. Um, I can do absolutely anything. Nobody can tell me nothing. <laughs> you can't tell me I can't do anything because that is the hardest thing I've ever done in my whole entire life. And um, there were so many times where I didn't think I was going to be able to do it. And I did it. And, yeah, I can do hard things. <laughs> and I, like, it, it changed how I view myself. Like, I have this overwhelming confidence in myself now that like I like there's no more self-doubt I don't have any self-doubt anymore really um I mean I'm sure as time goes on it might creep back in um but it's this I have this overwhelming confidence in myself now it's like I literally did the hardest thing probably anybody could do and I have no doubts in myself anymore and it's it's very cool um and I love myself and I love my body and because of what I did and what I can do. And I also, the, another takeaway is that, like, I love who I chose to marry. And, like, I have such a supportive partner. And I could not have done that without his support. Like, knowing that I have your support and knowing that you trusted me and you trusted, you also trusted my body. Yeah, like that was that was huge. Well, and that's what I would say. A big takeaway for me is is like it just made like you know, I don't know. I don't know if it's just people don't like fully understand. Always is everything's a business at the end of the day, right? So like that's a big takeaway for me is is like obviously I'm not saying that there's obviously obviously needs for hospitals and a lot of these industries and, and pharmaceuticals, but like. At the end of the day, everything's a business and everyone's trying to upsell everything yeah. always all the time. And like, I don't know, just something that, that was a takeaway to me is, is like, um, I don't know, just like more nat natural ways to do things in general are, are better than always just following what society tells doing, you yeah. and society tells you and what it just makes me think personally on the bro broader realm of things. Like hospitals, it's make, a business. It's yeah, a business. well, hospitals make money, and people being afraid to trust their bodies, or yeah, hospitals profit off of the fear-based side of birth, and it's um, 
like I think yeah exactly what you said it's like it's like it is a business yeah everything's a business you know not saying that it's not necessary and not saying that it shouldn't be there but it's just like that is the other side of it just do, yeah it's very we live both sides we got to see both sides of it yeah and 100 percent and do a home birth again um even though it was really really hard <laughs> and i said to my midwife i was like if everybody if you could get an epidural at home everybody would do a home birth well yeah i would never want to go back to the hospital no and that's just a personal preference because especially of how uncomfortable how uncomfortable it was there. That freaking bed that they had me laying in. The bed they had me laying in was uncomfortable and I gave birth. It was terrible. Oh, man. I was getting, being in that that uh, hotel, that hospital for three days was just, I don't know how people do it. That's impressive. Destroyed my hips laying in that bed. Getting to eat just some uh, 1928 coffee. Oh, yeah. I get to eat some empanadas in bed. <laughs> While having contractions, yeah, it was a good, great experience. And well, after yeah, because especially after looking at the hospital bill, how much they charge for everything. Oh yeah, versus a home birth. But they charged it to our insurance. But yeah. But that's what my point is. That goes back to what I was saying. How crazy it's business. Yeah. Yeah, I, oh, you have insurance? Great. Oh, yeah, this is a hundred grand. Make what numbers can we make up in the system? Here? Literally, yeah. If you look at like the the itemized bill, it's crazy. It's like, Twenty dollars for aspirin. Like I, yeah, no, it is like that. It's yeah, like that's what I'm saying. And then for like an epidural, I think it's like extra fifteen or twenty grand, something like that. It might be more. That's what I'm saying. They're trying to sell you. It's upsells. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Let's do a C-section. That's an extra 50 grand. Boom. Or, mm -hmm. you know. You need a surgeon. Yeah. So it's like it's, it's a sale. And I don't care what anyone says. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that it's right or wrong. And it, what I'm saying is, is, is that's the reality. Is It's sales. Yeah, exactly. Well, and <clears throat> they don't care that it's a harder recovery. They don't know, care that you have another child at home. They don't you know, I'm not saying everyone or every hospital or every nurse or whatever does it. But what I'm saying is, is it, there are. I have to guess, if I was at the top of the hospital, you look and you go, okay, how do we You want make procedures. You want procedures at the hospital. You want those things because that's billable. You yeah. want billable procedures. An unmedicated natural birth, what, you got to charge someone for the room? That's not making you that much money in reality. And that's someone taking up space. That's not making you that much money. Um, that's the reality. And that's But the hospital that we went to was really great. They weren't pushy. Yeah, well, again, but I looked at the rates before, so like, which is something you can do if you are planning on having a hospital birth, is look at the rates of C sections between hospitals because I had a choice between two. I think it was there's two that I had a choice between, and I looked, and one of them was like thirty five percent, and one was like twenty eight percent. So that means twenty eight percent of all the births end in a C section. So whether that's elective or they uh, are emergency or, you know, they just end up choosing that because of failed induction, then that is the rate of how many births. So, and in a C-section. So 30% is probably pretty average, but 28%, um, I was pretty happy to see that. If you are going to have a home birth, Look at the rates. Uh, if you are ever planning on having a home birth or interested in it, look into the rates of um, 
planned home births and the outcomes of that. Um, because a lot of people will say, oh, home births are so dangerous and this and that. But it's like, if you look at the statistics on home birth, they also loop in unplanned home births. So if you have a planned home birth, look at the statistics of planned home births. And I think you'll be very pleasantly surprised at how good the statistics are for planned home births. Um, so you're not having any interventions and you get to be in the comfort of your home. And if you uh, are, research your providers in your area that offer it and ask other people that have had um, home births with your providers uh, and ask about their experiences because moms will tell you. They'll tell you all the tea and let you know how their experience went. Yeah, and I was so proud of you. Yeah, you crushed it like I knew you would. <laughs> you told me that through the whole thing too. You were telling me I'm so proud of you. All the time. The whole time. It was nice to hear. Getting those little jumps of oxytocin. Yep. Yeah. The one part I remember is that picture of us in the bathroom where I'm on the toilet and I'm hugging you. That's all I wanted. That was, you were my rock right there. I just was holding on to you for like dear life. And I felt very safe and very loved. Yeah, that was intense. That whole experience. It was so intense. No, I need have soon. <laughs> I'm, ti I'm tired. Yeah, I gotta rest a couple of years on that one. Yeah, I'm tired. Yeah, I'm tired. It's been a journey. No, but I mean, like, if, like, so let's just say we'll, like, now not having more kids, but, like, if we did, you would do rather do a home birth. Yeah, absolutely. I'd rather do that than the hospital. Absolutely. I just hope it's not as long. 22 hours. I woke up at 2.30 in the morning and didn't have him until 12.30 the next morning. You gotta stop doing that. <laughs> well, it was shorter than my first one, so it was like 36 hours with Ivor, so. I wanted to, I was literally just saying, I was like, yo, how, we can't do this all night. I mean, I'm so tired. You're so tired. Oh my God. I was like, yo, I was just thinking, Miranda, push this thing out so I can go to bed. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I was feeling the same way. I was ready for bed. And then we all did go to bed. Yeah. It was very nice. In our bed, all four of us. Bed. No, he was in his bed. but yeah, I had Soren right under me. Like, we'd Ivor. We were all zonked out. It was nice. Yeah, that's our story. Baby brother. <laughs> uh, baby br Kiss baby brother. Kiss baby brother. But he's here, and we're happy. Just the greatest baby. He's great. So easy. He is. I mean, Ivor was too. Yeah. Minus our hospital stay, but. Soren just likes to sleep. Boob and sleep. Poop. <laughs> Dude poops like a lot. You think it's because it's just breast milk? Gotta be. Yeah. Well. That's it. That's it. Peace.